I'm excited to be in the house of God this morning. How about you guys? Before, before I get started, guys, I want to I wanna just lead us in prayer. You can stand or sit or however you want to do it, but I want to just lead us in prayer because I believe that it's important that God is here this morning and that God speaks and, and says what he wants to say to change the lives that he wants to change and break the chains that he wants to break. So if you will, bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, it is an honor to come into your house. God, it's an honor just to be here in your presence. God, it's even greater of an honor for you to pick me to bring your word. And God, I pray right now that you would anoint these lips of clay. God, anoint me to speak the words that you want me to speak, God. God, I pray that you would speak to your people. God, that you would do the things that you want to do in this service. God, I pray that your will would be done, God, and that your spirit would rest on this place in such a way that when we leave here, there's no way that anybody could say, Evan did a great job or the worship team was great this morning. But they'll say that God showed up. God, I pray that you would do things that only you can do so that we can't take any credit for what you're going to do in this service. God, I thank you and I praise you for who you are and for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. So the students in, in, in my group are probably really sick of hearing this, uh, me talk about this. And I promise, guys, it will be different. But we're going to talk this morning about something that's so familiar to, to most of us that y'all are probably even going to just roll your eyes a little bit. We're going to talk about dry bones. You know, in Ezekiel 37, when, when, when God takes Ezekiel uh, to this valley of dry bones, uh, as, I, as I read this, every time I read it, and I've been reading it a lot lately and really studying out a lot of things in this, and uh, I promise I won't go there because that would take us a few days, but there's a lot here that God shows Ezekiel. There's a lot here that Ezekiel sees, that Ezekiel experiences. There's a lot that God wants us to experience out of this. So we're going to read Ezekiel chapter 37. I actually have it in the message version, version because as I read through this, I like really the way that the message puts it. I, I don't normally preach out of the message version, but, but I like the way that the message puts it. In verse, 30, or verse 1 out of chapter 37 of Ezekiel, it said, God grabbed me. God's spirit took me up and set me down in the middle of an open plain strewn with bones. He led me around and among them, a lot of bones. There were bones all over the plain, dry bones bleached by the sun. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, master God, only you know. He said to me, prophesy over these bones. Dry bones, listen to the message of God. Verse 5, God the master told the dry bones, watch this. I'm bringing the breath of life to you and you'll come to life. I'll attach sinews to you, put meat on your bones, cover you with skin and breathe life into you. You'll come alive and you will realize that I am God. I prophesied just as I'd been commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, an O rustling. The bones moved and came together, bone to bone. I kept watching. Sinews formed, then muscles on the bones, then skin stretched over them. But they had no breath in them. Now, I want you to, to just think about what that would be like for just a second before I read on. These things start happening, and, and everything starts to come together, but these bodies didn't have breath in them. They were still dead. And I think that as we read this next verse, I think we're going to see where God begins to get a little bit more urgent with Ezekiel. And I love the way that this puts it. He said to me, prophesy to the breath, 
prophesy, son of man. Tell the breath. God the master says, come from the four winds. Come and breathe. Breathe into these slain bodies. Breathe life. It's more urgent than what was said before. He just said, hey, say these things. But now he's like, all right, prophesy to this wind. He says it over and over. Prophesy, prophesy, son of man. It's, it's urgent. It's important. So I prophesied just as he commanded me, and the breath entered them, and they came alive. They stood up on their feet, a huge army. Then God said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Listen to what they're saying. Our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, and there is nothing left of us. Therefore prophesy and tell them, God the Master says, I will dig up your graves and bring you out alive, O my people. Then I'll take you straight to the land of Israel. And when I dig up your graves and bring you out as my people, you'll realize that I am God. I'll breathe my life into you, and you will live. Then I'll lead you straight back to the land, and you'll realize that I am God. I've said it, and I'll do it. God's decree. Amen? Amen. As I read this, I get really excited towards the end of it. Right? I'm like, this is, this is good stuff. This is, this is like perfect material for anybody to preach on, right? Like this is a, a perfect demonstration of God's power and God's word. But as I read the first part, I think like Ezekiel, it's, it's a little bit discouraging, you know? He says, God took me to this valley. I want you to just close your eyes for a second, and, and I want you to imagine this. You've probably done this before, but I really want you to imagine what this valley was like. Probably dry ground and, and the remnants of some plant life long since dead, maybe somewhere in the distance, and the sky is... Uh, tinted with oranges and yellows and the the sun is red and everything around seems like death and then there are these bones covering the ground this whole valley is the image of death and you're standing there and you're looking at this and and i picture it being pretty hot and just depressing right you can open your eyes now but i want you to keep that image in your mind what this was like as god takes ezekiel here he brings him right here and and had it been me, my first question would have been, why here? If you're wanting me to be a prophet, if you're wanting me to speak to somebody, why bring me here? Why put me here with all this death? Why put me here with all these dead people? These are just bones. They can't hear me. They're long since dead. The word says that they were bleached white by the sun. That means they've been laying there a while. I picture some of these bones are broken, scratched up and scarred up. They're just laying there. I imagine, what if these bones could tell their story? What if these bones could talk and say, this is who I was? I was that person that you didn't tell about Christ. Or I was that person who had big dreams but never followed through with them. I was that person who, name your favorite thing, that this person could have been. But utterly what we find is, or ultimately what we find is that failure and death had overcome these people, every one of them that were in this valley. And God says to Ezekiel, or asks Ezekiel, like the million dollar question, right? Can these bones live? And I love that Ezekiel responds just like I would have responded. Well, only you know that. You're God, you know? Like that's the safe answer, right? Only you know. Wouldn't want to give a yes or no answer. Keep in mind, Ezekiel didn't have Ezekiel 37 to go back and read and say, well, of course, you know, it happened in the Bible. He's like, well, God, only you know that. That's the safe answer, right? I think if he'd asked me, I'd have had lots of things to say back because you guys that know me know that I talk a lot. 
that wasn't supposed to be funny. <laughs> Thanks, guys. That, that, I don't even know what to say now. I quit. No, uh, I, talk, I say a lot of things, and I would have been like, God, you, you understand that, that these bones, like, <laughs> we're past CPR, okay? We're past the little shock paddles. This isn't going to happen. Like, they're, they're dead. They've been dead for a long time. That's not changing. You know, you understand how this works because you kind of, like, you're, you're the one who created us. It, it just kind of, we die and we go to heaven or, or whatever. Like, this is, this is what happens, God. You should understand this. This is who you are. This is kind of your creation. Like, I feel like I would have been really confused at why he was even asking me this. Can they live again? Well, of course. I don't know the answer to that. But you do because you're God, right? And so when he says that, does God, what does God say back to him? Somebody just throw it back at me. I'm a youth pastor. I like responses. He says, prophesy. Now, here's where I would have been like, really? God's brought me to this valley. Like, I'm supposed to be a prophet, right? I'm supposed to be a, a speaker of God's word. I'm supposed to go and proclaim. I'm supposed to be prophesying. That is my job. And you've brought me to these dead people. You should have taken me to the town center. You should have taken me down to Walmart. You should have taken me down where, where people are, right? There's some people at Walmart need Jesus. I'm just saying. You guys, I, I, don't even get me started there. But please don't ever go through my phone because I like to save those pictures of, like, those people at Walmart. And you'll probably think something's wrong with me. But I would have said, I would have said, God, why didn't you take me where there were people, living, breathing people who had real needs, who had real hurts, who really needed to hear your word? Why didn't you take me here? And what do you mean prophesy to these dead bones? Are you trying to get me to practice? Because I can do that without this crazy image of death in front of me. This is really depressing, God. He says prophesy to these bones. God, have you lost it? Are you crazy? These bones are dead. And now... To you guys and to me, even as I read this and I start thinking this, and I, even as I say it, I think that sounds nuts to say that to God, right? Are you crazy? Are you nuts, God? This, these bones are dead. But we do that every day of our lives. Students, when we walk onto the campuses over here, we say the same thing. God, you know how they are. They're dead. Why would I prophesy to them? They don't want to hear it. They don't care. Or we go... Uh, to our, our workplaces or just in the community and we say, well, God, they're dead. You understand they're dead, right? You know how that works. They're not alive. Why didn't you take me somewhere where people were going to be receptive? Why didn't you take me somewhere where people were going to hear what I had to say? You guys know that I, I go a lot to, to South America. Uh, this last summer was the first summer in like 10 years I haven't gone on a mission trip to South America. And I love going and, and ministering to the people there and having the opportunity to speak to those people because the people in South America that I have the opportunity to minister to are very receptive to the Word of God. They love God and they want to hear what God has to say. But that's not the case here. People here are dry and dead. They've been dead for a long time. But God tells us, prophesy to these bones, prophesy to these people, speak to them, and all we see is a valley of dry bones and we say, God, you don't understand how this works. You could have taken us somewhere where people were going to be receptive. You could have sent us as a missionary to, to Africa where people want to hear about you and they've never heard about you and they're, they're looking for something. Or you could have sent us to name your favorite place that people are going to be receptive, but you brought us to these dry bones. 
You realize that when God took Ezekiel to that valley, he probably knew what Ezekiel was going to think. He probably knew that Ezekiel was going to listen too and just do what God said. He knew what the outcome was going to be, and he knew that these weren't just any dry bones. God took Ezekiel there to show him something. And good grief, I could talk about that all day because we're very careful about what we let God show us now. We're very careful about what we let God put in front of us for us to see. Because, oh, I don't want to think about that. I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't want to know about that because that, that might make me uncomfortable. Or that might not be where I want to be or where I want to minister. But God wanted to show Ezekiel something. Before Ezekiel ever went to God's people and spoke to them, he said, i got to show you something. Come with me. And he took him here. He said, can these bones live again, Ezekiel? God, only you know that. Prophesy out of these bones. Tell them that I said that I will reattach bone to bone and I will put muscle and skin back on these bones and I will make them my people again and I will breathe my life into them. And as Ezekiel starts speaking, I'm sure had it been me, let's go back to the Evan example, I'd have been like, bones? This is what God said. Put it off on God, you know? This is what God said. He said that he's going to, and I think I'd have been really cautious at first, right? And we're all like that, so don't, don't you dare to sit there and judge me. But, but we'd have been like, okay, you know, let's test these waters a little bit. Let's see if God's going to step out and do something here before we ever get fully committed to this. Because if we commit to this and God doesn't answer like we think he should, then it's God's fault, right? It's not our fault. So Ezekiel starts speaking. He says, all right, Bones. This is what God says. He says, come together and, and begin to, to, to reform these bodies. And he says, I start hearing something. I start hearing wind and rustling, bones clacking on bones. And I start seeing things as these muscles start growing back onto these bodies and skin starts to grow. And before me, I see a mighty army, but there's no breath in them. Then you, see, you hear God just urgently saying, speak to the breath. Speak, tell it to come even from the four corners of the earth. Bring this breath and breathe the breath of life into these people. These are my people, Ezekiel. They're here. You're seeing that I can do something. Keep going. Don't give up on these people. Just a few seconds ago, they were dry bones, but now you're seeing that they can actually be an army. Speak to the breath. Let them live. And as I read this, I get excited because I see the end result. And I've known the story since I was little growing up in a, a pastor's home. But as, as, I, as I read this again and, and ask God to really reveal to me what he's doing to Ezekiel, he's telling me we do this every day. We're saying, God, why am I here in this valley of dry bones? He says, can these bones live again? And instead of saying, yes, God, these bones can live, we say, well, only you know about that. Instead of saying, God, yes, we've seen your example and we've seen you do great things and we know that you can change the lives of our community, we say, well, God, only you know that. And he has to urge us, prophesy, speak to these bones. And I love Ezekiel's obedience, but I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm as obedient as Ezekiel was. And I say that as a youth pastor, one of the pastors here at the church standing in front of you, I admit that. And I have to own up to that. I don't think I would have been as obedient as Ezekiel was. Because Ezekiel just did what God said. But you know, God never asked Ezekiel to do something crazy. God said, tell these bones that I said. Prophesy to these bones the word of God. 
as I was talking to the youth a couple weeks ago about this, I brought up Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form or vo- and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. When God speaks, there's a reason that God spoke. I didn't see in Genesis 1 and 1 where God grabbed a tool bag and he said, all right, we're going to start building this universe. And he starts tapping on stuff and putting things together. You know, he didn't, he didn't go and, and do something that was going to be the hard way. He knew that his voice had authority and he spoke and said, let there be light. Let the light be separated from the darkness. Let there be sun and moon and I'm going to fling these stars into creation. And he begins to speak and the universe is formed. And when God spoke to Ezekiel, he said, you use that same authority. Authority. Speak my word, and these bones will live again. These are my people. This is the whole house of Israel. Tell them that I'm going to build them up. I'm going to bring them even out of their grave, and I'm going to restore them and bring them back to their promised land. I will breathe my life into them. That is the gospel in the Old Testament. That is what God is speaking throughout the whole Bible. You're dry, you see people around you that are dry, but I have a plan for them. I'm not through with them, and even death will not separate them from my love. There is nothing that will separate them from my love. I will change them, I will transform them, I will even bring them back to life. There is no one that is so far gone in our lives that God cannot reach them. Not one person. God even called the people back from death here in Ezekiel. He spoke with authority. He spoke his word. You know, God's not intimidated by even our greatest prayers. God's not intimidated when we claim things in his name. God's never intimidated by the things that we can dream up because he's bigger and his word has that authority. I love that that God didn't do the speaking here. You know, isn't it so like God and even Jesus that that when he's doing one of the biggest things for somebody or through somebody, he says, all right, Ezekiel, say to them, and you do it. When Jesus fed the 5,000, what's he do? He starts breaking things, and the disciples are like, dude, this is really cool. Jesus does the miracle, but he says, now you take the food to them. You feed them. You take these baskets. You show them who I am. You show them the miracle. And God says to Ezekiel, God could have just spoken, right? God could have said, hey, bones, get up, and it would have happened, right? He has the authority. But he was doing something for Ezekiel here, too. He said, Ezekiel, these are my people. I'm equipping you to go and speak to my people, but I want to show you something first. I'm going to demonstrate this for you first. It's going to be beyond just you going and telling a bunch of people down at the the places where they're going to be more receptive and alive. I'm preparing you to speak to those dead people because you're going to encounter dead people. Excuse me. You're going to encounter dead people. I encounter dead people every day, guys. I step into a college campus. I'm going to school at at ASU, and I'm studying engineering there. So I step in mainly to the math and science faculties and, and engineering faculties every day. And in those areas have PhDs and, and people working on their PhDs and, and master's programs that have studied science and mathematics and engineering, and, and they're, they're really smart, right? They're way smarter than I am. 
but they're dead. They're not happy. They, they want something more, but th- it's not there for them. And a lot of them will tell you, I don't believe in God. And when they, like all your professors, you know, always that first day, write a little bit about yourself and turn it in, and I'm going to learn about you. Almost every one of my professors that did that emailed me and said, you're a youth pastor? And you're, you're studying engineering and all this stuff? Like, you know that everybody in this faculty is an atheist, right? Or, or they're from another country and they have a different religious background than you. Like, are you okay with that? Is this going to be a problem for you? Like, I had professors ask me this stuff. I said, bring them on. Bring them on. I can see these dry bones, all right? I can see these dry bones, and I can speak into them. I know what my God has said to me, and I know the authority that follows those words, and I speak into this campus every day that I'm there. I speak into this campus and say, God, God says that you bones are going to live again. And I'm believing for great revival on that campus, but I'm also believing for revival over here at Highland High School and Salem and Melbourne and these other schools that are represented by our students and our groups. I'm believing for God to do something great in the lives of our students because I believe that God is saying, these dry bones that are before you, I have not forgotten about them. I will not replace them with somebody else. You know what I'm really bad about doing? And... This isn't for you guys to laugh at. No, it's not even going to be funny, I don't think. But, but I'm really bad at, at seeing that there's a need for something and saying, I need somebody to do this. And so I'll get somebody to do something for me. And if that person can't help me, I'll just go to the next person. You realize we treat people like they're interchangeable. We treat those bones like they're interchangeable. We treat those dead people that are laying on this plane, like, well, they're dead already, so let me just go talk to these guys. And we forget about them. God was not indifferent with these bones. God had not forgotten these bones. God brought Ezekiel here because he loved these bones. God brought Ezekiel to this plane because he knew these bones. He cared about them, and he had a plan for them. Individually, collectively, he had a plan for them. They weren't interchangeable. You couldn't couldn't have this army be represented by any other group because this was the army that God had set aside and said, these are my people. These are the ones I want to speak life into. They weren't interchangeable to God. He loved them. He cared for them. He said, Ezekiel, these are the ones you're speaking to. I don't ever want to be in a place where I feel like God wants me only to speak to those who want to hear it. I love speaking in services. Don't get me wrong. I love this. But real ministry happens when we leave this place, right? Real ministry happens when we go to where we work, when we go to those school campuses, when we go on those mission trips, when we go and we do the things that God has called us to do and we're around those people who are dry. We're around those people who have not received the life that God has for them. And I'm not condemning them or or judging them or, or saying anything bad on them. What I'm saying is God has more for them than what they have. God has more for them than death. God has life for them. It was not his plan that any should perish, but all would come to repentance. That's his word, guys. And he'll back it up. But when God sends you to speak to these people, don't don't buy into the the lie that, that we have to be something special or we have to be something crazy or we have to do this this new program, or we have to do this new whatever, and we have to be somebody or be something. 
Let God tell you, this is what I want to do, Ezekiel. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to speak. These are my people. This is my army. And I want you to speak these words. We don't have to come up with something on our own. If we had to do that, guys, oh my goodness, y'all would have fired me as a youth pastor already, like really fast. Like day probably two and a half, like I would have been gone because, wow, I just got through my first page of notes. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um, Sorry, that just kind of threw me off. Um, Y'all would have been done with me right away because I'll be completely honest with you when it comes to planning events and big things that are just going to draw people and and have people come and be a part like and I I'm so thankful for the awesome people in our church that we have that can put on great events I'm just not one of them and if I had to do those things if I had to reach out to people and depend on my skills and my my areas of expertise I would be the world's worst youth pastor of all time. But when God speaks and God says, speak these things to these dry bones, Evan, say these things, do these things, and I depend and rely on God, that's when God does the great things in our groups. That's when God does the great things in this service. If we had to rely on Evan, we wouldn't go anywhere but when we rely on God. If we had to rely on on the other pastors here in the church, As much as I love them, as much as I respect and honor every one of our leaders in this church, I believe wholeheartedly that if we depended on ourselves, we would fail miserably. But when we pray and we seek God and we say, God, take me to those dry bones. Put me right in the midst of this area. Put me right in the midst of of this valley and let me see these dry bones all around me. I like that the message says that God took me in between and around them. He showed them to him. He said, look here. Look at these bones. Look at these bones. They're all around you. He's not just standing up here on a hill looking down and seeing these bones far away. He's down and among them. He says, Ezekiel, look at this. I want to show you something. This is for you. Don't be discouraged when God places you among a bunch of dry bones. Don't be discouraged when God puts you in a position like he did Ezekiel. And here's why. Every, and you guys have heard me say this before probably, every opportunity or every area in the Bible that I see God do a great miracle or something incredible happens, I see something in common throughout. And we talk about seeing miracles because of our faith, and, and that's the factor in most of them, but not all. It's not even that people were praying or that people were, were Christians or even seeking God or looking for God. Or wanted to even know about God. But the greatest miracles we see throughout the entirety of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation and everywhere in between, when those things happen, the common thing that I see throughout every one of these verses of Scripture, every miracle, is that there was a need for God to be God. And in this valley of dry bones, there was a need for God to be God. Not a need for for, for simply someone to come and look at these bones, not a need for somebody to feel bad for these bones, not a need for somebody to talk about these bones, but a need for someone to speak the, li- the life into these bones that God had for them. An opportunity, this was an opportunity for Ezekiel to let God be God. This was a great miracle that could have happened if God had spoken, but God let Ezekiel be a part of it. Speak life into those dry bones in your life. And that's not just people. That's every area of your life. 
Speak life. Don't speak death. Joking with Taylor the other day. I don't know why you're smiling over there, but I figured it's because you were thinking about this. I said something about speaking life into people Wednesday night, and then she called me an idiot or something like that. I was like, hey, are you speaking life? And she was like, no. And I don't know why that was funny to me, but oh, maybe I called her an idiot. But (laughs) I wanted to blame her, so. But, But guys, as funny as that kind of is to me, how true is it? We're really quick to throw just goofy joking insults and stuff towards people when we could be speaking life into them. We could be speaking to them and say, hey, live, breathe. Be a part of this thing that God has for you. Be a part of God's plan. When God speaks to us, guys, it's important. Every word that he speaks is important. I was, uh, last night I was thinking about some stuff and, and kind of going back through my notes and, and I started thinking about just the urgency of what, of what God said to Ezekiel. And I'm going to close with this, guys. I started thinking about the urgency of what God has towards the end of this. Towards the beginning, God was just, just saying, speak these things. And they live again, Ezekiel. And he was showing Ezekiel something. But towards the end, he gets more urgent. I started thinking about church camp. Like, we're taking some of our kids to camp and stuff this year, and, and some of them I've been to camp with before, and, and I've been going to camp since I was little. But, but, like, I was thinking about camp, and even even in kids' camp when I was there, like, that Monday and Tuesday, or mainly Monday, like, you're getting there, and you're like, I want to have the best team and the best room, and everybody's going to love me, and I'm going to be really cool. And, like, you're running around, and you're like, ah, the whole time. Like, you're excited. And then you realize that, your team's in last place because nobody there wants to play the sports or can't play the sports. Or somebody in your room has the worst body odor of all time. <laughs> and it's that person that has decided that they don't have to shower this week. And you're like, why? God, you hate me. Like, you're praying for this person in the altars that night because you're like, God, just lay it on their heart to take a shower tonight. Just, <laughs> just bless them, Lord. Bless them. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Like, and you realize that, like, that first day, all these, like, crazy expectations you have of being the best and the craziest, and you got to meet everybody there, and you're like, ah, hi, I'm Evan. Hi, I'm Evan. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, I'm Evan. I'm Evan. What's up? What's up? That was me. I know you guys probably weren't that weird. But I thought I was really cool, and I thought I had lots of friends just because everybody knew I was Evan because I was like, hey, hey, what's up? Hey. But, but you do that on Monday, right? And then even Tuesday, you're like, oh, yeah, the first sports that we're doing, this is today, and we're going to rock them all, and we're going to be awesome. And then, like, the last couple years, I've been uh, team leaders and stuff. My teams have been awful. Like, <laughs> Lord. Like, this last year, we weren't really bad. But the two years before that, we were la- dead last place both times. And I was like, really, guys? Awesome. Thanks. You know, like, and it, it was my fault too, because I really stink in a lot of those sports. But, but like, as we're doing this, you realize that like all that craziness, you know, of just, of being there and the things that you want to see and the things you want to do, like that kind of fades a little bit. And Wednesday is kind of that day where, where you're just kind of like, all right, you know, this is great and everything. But Thursday, it hits you. I go home tomorrow. This is over tomorrow. And I remember when I was a senior, and it was my last camp as a camper, I remember being like, this is my last camp ever. I'm leaving camp, and I'll never get to come back as a camper as long as I live. I'm too old now. I don't get to come back. And that urgency began to set in. 
well, I've got to do something. Like, I, we've got to do something that we're going to remember. And that Thursday night service at camp, there's nothing like it anywhere. That Thursday night service, everybody gets that sense of urgency. It's like, well, this is the last service of camp. It's going to be the best. The worship is the best, and the, the, the prayer service is the best. The speaking is the best. And, and everything that we've done throughout that week, none of the, the stuff really matters except for what God is doing in that service. And God shows up and does great things. And then after that service that night, you've got some time before you go to bed, and you run around and you get everybody's phone numbers or Facebook or Twitter and, and all this stuff. And, or if you're, I want to embarrass Chloe and Tony, and is Allison here? No, I don't see her. If you're these girls, then you run up to Evan, you're like, hey, hey, can we get our picture with you? And, and you get a picture with him that, that he still has in his office in here. And uh, they're like, hey, like they're all excited and everything. They're like, what are we all, at 15? Something like that? 14? Yeah, they're like, hi. And I'm like, who are these kids? Well, now they're in my youth group, so that's cool. But, but like, Everybody wants to just, you got to say goodbye. You've got you to hug everybody on Friday, everybody that you've met these last couple days. And, and, and as you're leaving, you're like, wow, it's over. And you either have great memories of the things that happened, or you think, I wish I'd done things differently. Or someone pulls a really bad prank, and you get in trouble for it, and you're like, man, I'm an idiot for being friends with them. Or somebody pulls a really bad prank, and you were there, and you were a part of it, and you're like, nobody caught me. You know, someone else took the blame for it. Like, like you have those moments, right? Like, am I, am I real here, or is this just crazy? Like, you have those moments, and you start thinking back on those things. I don't want to ever be at a point in my life where I feel like I'm on a Friday, and I'm on my way home. I look back and say, I wish Thursday had been different. I wish I'd spoken life. I wish I'd been more urgent. I wish instead of just going to that point where there were bodies, I wish I'd went ahead and spoke breath into those bodies. I wish things had been different. I don't want to ever think that was my last round of camp. That was my last opportunity, and I missed it. And now I'm on my way home, and I can't change anything. Man, I should have gotten that person's phone number on Facebook so we could have hung out because they live right down, fr down the road from me and we could have hung out, but now it's going to be weird if I try to creep them and find them. Like, I don't want to look at my life and be that way. I want to say, you know what? Everything that I did, I did because God wanted me to do it and I did those things. God told me to speak and I spoke. Ezekiel could have stopped when he saw the bodies. I'm sure that was an incredible miracle that Ezekiel saw and he was probably just like, wow, God, you are incredible but he didn't, and he continued on to speak life. We have opportunities to speak into dry bones every day, guys. I don't care where you're going tomorrow. You have an opportunity to speak into dry bones somewhere. Every one of us do. And we can speak to those dry bones, and we can expect things to happen, or we can ignore the pleading of God beside us, speak to them. We have the opportunity to speak life and we can ignore that. God gives us that ability. We, we have that ability. When God said to Ezekiel, speaking to these bones, he could have said no. I don't know what would have happened if he had, but he could have said no. But he didn't. And when he spoke, and we find this every time that God's word is spoken, something happened. 
When God spoke the universe into existence, he said he looked at what had happened that day and he saw that it was good. It happened. It was real. Because the voice of God, the word of God has authority behind it. You all want you to bow your heads with me. Guys, I am I'm excited about the position that our church has in this community because I believe that God has made every one of us Ezekiel in some way or another in lots of different areas in this community. We branch out. Our church, like if we, if we just like put a little tracker on everybody and, and got our GPS and saw where all these little dots went after, after service on Sunday, like on a Monday, where everybody was, we would be all over this community, all amongst these dry bones. And God gives us the opportunity. God speaks to us and says, speak to these bones. I'm going to give us a couple of opportunities. As the prayer warriors are coming up here to the front, I'm going to give us the prayer team. I'm going to give us a couple of opportunities to pray. One, if you say, you know what, I I need some things spoken into my life. I need life spoken into me or somebody that I know and I want to stand in for them. I need, I need life spoken. And I want you to come up and find one of these, these people who are going to be praying with us. Or come up with me and I'll, I'll pray with you too. But I want you to come up and, and find somebody. I, don't, don't feel like you have to keep sitting. Go ahead and come when, when you feel led to come. These altars are completely open. If that's you, you're like, you know what? I'm facing this stuff. Things are hard for me right now. I need to pray about some things. There's sickness in my body or sickness in in my family or somebody that I know is hurting or or they're dealing with a situation or things aren't right at my home. We're all facing something, guys, somewhere. And if we want God to change those things, we have to speak into those things, the voice and the word of God. So don't be shy and miss out on what God has for you. If that's you, go ahead and come because I want to speak to the other group that I want to speak to. And this is really for, the, for, for probably about everybody else. You say, you know what? I believe in the power of God's voice and God's word. I believe in it. And I want it. I desire it for this church and for this community. This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Instead of coming up here to the front, I want you to stand right where you're at. And I want you to begin to proclaim God's promises over this church and over this community. And here's why. I believe that God has placed us here for a reason. Not we just happened to be here or we came here for an opportunity or there was a, a place that we could get and we came up here. It wasn't for any reason other than God said, I need you here. I want you here. Whether you want to be there or not, I've got to have you here because this is where I need you. And God placed us here and put us in a position to speak over this community. So if you want to speak life into these dry bones in this community, stand where you're at and begin to proclaim that life. Speak to the wind, son of man. Call it from even the four corners of the earth to come and enter the nostrils and enter the lungs of these, dry, of these people. These, this is my whole house. These are my people. These are the ones that I love. These are the ones of promise. These are the ones that I'm going to take to the promised land. These are the ones that I'm going to deliver up out of even their grave and their death. And I'm going to do something inside of them that you've never seen me do. 
I'm going to do something great and something powerful, something that only I can do. And they will know that I am God. Begin to proclaim those things. Don't be shy with the things that you proclaim. Don't be afraid to proclaim those big, crazy things because God is not offended by that. He's offended by less than that. Don't be afraid to vocalize those prayers because I believe that when we speak together, something changes when our voices are heard. I believe there's a reason that Ezekiel had to speak and not just think about it. I believe there's a reason that God said, speak, son of man, and not feel bad for them, son of man, or think about them, son of man, or pray in your mind, son of man. He said, speak to them. Let your voices be heard by God this morning. Let God hear your cries. Let God hear your proclamations and your declarations. Let it be heard. And let these dry bones live again. I be 
spoke to Peter and said, you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. When Jesus, when God speaks into you, when that declaration is made, don't you know that things get a little bit uncomfortable for the enemy? And Jesus speaks straight to it. He says, Peter, you're going to go even to the gates of hell, and even they won't prevail against you. You're going to, you're going to fight the battle on the enemy's battleground. You're not just going to be defensive and get hit and, and beat back over and over, but you're going to take the fight to them. Grab your neighbor's hand. Now I want you to realize the person on both sides of you, that's your family. Those are your fellow warriors. They're fighting right beside you every day. Every day. And I want you to love on them for just a second. I want you to pray for both people on both sides of you. And here's what I want you to pray. I want you to declare life. I want you to, to declare strength where strength is needed. I want you to declare hope. I want you to declare boldness. I want you to declare authority over each and every one of them. I want you to declare God's promise. Go ahead and pray for those people. God, I thank you for the person on my right and my left. 
God, I thank you for the, the opportunity that you give them every day to, to reach out to those dry bones around them and to speak life into them. And God, we are going onto a battleground when we leave this place. And God, we're going to make a difference. We're going to see a great army raised up. We're going to understand that you've taken us to this place because these are the people that you want to reach using us. God, I pray that you would lift up my family on my right and my left. God, that you would defend them every day, that you would empower them every day, that you'd love on them every day. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Remember the announcements, pick up a bulletin on your way out. And we'll see you guys soon.